0: Welcome to the Kitchen Sink meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. Please note, we will be holding this meeting via Zoom for the foreseeable future. If you'd like to attend the meeting live, go to org for login information. And now, our speaker. My name is Donnie. I have many issues with food. I always get so nervous to lead, and I was reading like the, um, you know, I skimmed over the meeting format when I first got it, and then I actually read it in depth this morning. I'm like, oh, God. It's being recorded. Oh, God, no one else gets to share. I have to share. Oh. Anyway, so let me digress. Let me center myself, ask my higher power that I choose to call God to help me, and let's get the crack in. Um, so, you know, I like to say that, you know, I'm Donnie, and I have issues with food, many food issues, because for me, my disease takes me to both ends of the spectrum. I'm definitely a compulsive overeater. I also have anorexic tendencies. I also was bulimic for a hot minute. Uh, I'm an exercise bulimic. I mean, honey, you name it, I've probably done it. And if I don't stay recovered, honey, I'm liable to discover it and do it. So having said that, I want to share something. Oh, gosh, let's see if I can not take eight years to do it. Okay. Yeah, share this one. Okay, perfect. So this photo here for me perfectly illustrates, um, you know, where I can go, uh, you know, where my food issues have taken me. On the left, um, I was 320 pounds, definitely a compulsive overeater. Um, you know, really no co- – I remember taking this picture and thinking, oh, I look so skinny in this picture. I can't wait to post it. I think at the time it was MySpace, right? Um, on the right is um, – so, yeah, my top weight was 320 pounds. My lowest weight was 170 pounds, which is me on the right. But, uh, you know, in this picture, I was exercising up to five hours a day. I was binging and purging. And I was also had just started uh an addiction to crystal meth. It wasn't an addiction then, but, honey, that's what was soon to come around the corner. So all of that to say that by the time I made it into OA, honey, I had to run the gamut. Um, yeah, so I guess I'm just going to share what it was like, what happened, what it's like now. I'm originally from Florida. Every time I say I'm from Florida, people are like, oh, I love Miami. And I'm like, oh, no, honey, I'm from North Central Florida. It's practically Georgia, small town, Ocala, horse capital of the world. Um, yeah, growing up, my mom had food issues, um, which I'm only sort of just now realizing through... You know, lots of therapy and twelve step fill in the blanks. Um, she was a type one diabetic, so she had her own food issues. And I was just having a conversation with a friend the other day about some of my earliest like food memories. I remember um, it, it was just my mom and I. My dad's an addict; he was out of the picture at a very young age. Um, some of my earliest memories with food. I remember my mom was uh, going into a diabetic coma, and I had to call nine one one. And I remember the paramedics showed up, and um, food by the way was obviously my my first addiction, um as the paramedics came in, I remember having a a box of fruity pebbles, and I was just shoveling the fruity pebbles in my mouth so much so that the e m t made a comment like oh you you really you really love your fruity pebbles there and I'm like, uh-uh, uh. you know, definitely using food as a way to cope Didn't have the verbiage then, but now I know um I remember I would steal little Debbie's snack cakes and eat them and hide the wrappers in the couch cushions, and I just knew I got away with it, even though it was just my mom and I there, and she would find the rappers and say, Hey, did you do this? And I'm like, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Um, little league, I tried to join little league football. I don't know why I insisted I join. I hated it. Um, but I was 85 pounds and I had to be 80 pounds with the weight limit. So I had to get on a diet. Uh, and I remember getting off practice one day and saying, Mom, can we go to Long John Silver? And she was like, Oh no, sweetheart, you gotta, we, you gotta lose a couple pounds because you're, you know, you're a little too big for the weight limit. Anyway, so, yeah, food issues. I remember my food issues sort of taking on a new life in middle school. In a small town, like, I was gay, so I was getting bullied for being gay. Plus, I'm half black, so, like, I, you couldn't even be black, let alone gay, where I'm from. So, lots of bullying, and I really remember my weight um ballooning in my middle school years and that really being a way to sort of, like, just check out, you know? And plus, we were poor growing up, so um I think that's another element of, like, I don't know. Or so I think. Just not really having, uh, access and maybe education about making good food choices. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm just an addict with food and come from a family of addicts with food. So let's see. So, um, I remember getting on a, uh, the Atkins diet when I was like 15 and losing a bunch of weight which is keto now. It's the same thing, honey. I don't know why they rebranded it, but it's the same thing. Um, Losing a bunch of weight, of course, gaining it all right back. Um, Yeah, I just remember my weight, just really being overweight. I remember I loved to dance, but I couldn't get past, like, an eight count without uh, gasping for air. Um, let's see. So what happened? So um, by this time, like, I'm 19, twenty. I become a nurse. I go to nursing school. Now I'm working full-time as a nurse. And I remember I was working overnights. And at the end of my shift, I was like, you know what? I I am too – there's a skinny boy waiting in this body, ready to jump out. So enough is enough. I'm going to get on a diet. And I did. I got on a diet. I got on the Atkins diet. I lost like a 100 pounds in 10 months. I was feeling great. I became a Zoom instructor. I was teaching like all these dance fitness classes. Life was great. What happened was life showed up, and I had a bunch of deaths in the family. My grandparents died back to back, and then my mom um, died like six months later. And, um, you know, where I'm from, when someone dies, we bake you some food. So I had lasagnas coming in, chocolate cakes, kind of just eating my face off. Around this time, I also started drinking heavily and getting into drugs. So, you know, I, I quickly gained all the weight back and then some. And, um, you know, I had some issues going on with my nursing job then. So I remember thinking, you know what? Ocala's the problem. I need to go to California. I used to come out here as a kid for acting. So I'm like, you know, let me follow that dream I had to put on pause. I'm going to L.A. So I get to L.A. and I'm like, oh, this is great. Everyone's so healthy. It's going to be so easy for me to get skinny again. And that's what I did. I got skinny again. I got in even better shape. I started teaching even more Zumba classes, and I thought life was great. So what happened? You know, (laughs) what I've learned in life is that if I put one addiction down, boop, three more pop up in the back. So what happened was an addiction to crystal meth. Um, That's a separate program. I'm in so many 12-step programs. i got to get them all sorted out, but we're talking about food. Okay, yeah, so food i become a, a crystal meth addict. Life goes downhill very quickly within three years. And, you know, those three years, I'm not really eating. <laughs> so I'm crackhead skinny. Um, you know, that's not why I did the meth, but it certainly was a great bonus and side effect. So I hit rock problem with the drugs. Uh, rock problem. Ha! Play on words. That's what it was. Rock bottom, rather, with drugs and alcohol. And um, what happens? This is in, so my sober date is October 17th, no, October 13th, 2017. So I go to rehab. I get myself together in rehab. I'm in there for 30 days. And I remember the main focus being, let's just eat. Like, just eat and don't do drugs. Like, that's what we're focused on. And I remember there was, like, a nutrition stand. I remember saying to her, you know, I kind of have food issues. Oh, I skipped such an important part. At some point in time in there, back when I was on my mini diets before finding meth, I got really, really drunk one night, and I ate an entire pizza, and I remember like, oh, God, feeling so sick after I ate the pizza, and I'm like, ugh, I can't go to bed now. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just throw up, and I'll feel so much better, so I remember throwing up this entire pizza I ate, and then I'm laying in bed, and I'm like, (laughs) I basically, like, got to eat that pizza for free. It's like I didn't even really eat it, and then I was like, oh, yeah, this is like, that wasn't so bad. Like, I might can do that again, so then I started. Binging and purging as a way to like, you know, cheat the system. I was like, oh, I'm really getting one over on the man on this one. <laughs> I get to eat what I want and then throw it up. But then after a while, I was like, you know, this is kind of too much maintenance. Let me, let me put a pin in this for now. Well, I'm in rehab, right? And honey, I remember I had a really emotional day in between group therapies. And I remember sitting there and thinking, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go down to the cafeteria. I'm going to eat a bunch of food and then I'm going to throw it up. And that's when I was like, oh, wow, this um, this binging and purging thing has, like, taken on a new level. Like, now I'm doing it to manage my emotions. So fast forward, get out of rehab. Everything's great. I'm getting plugged into 12-step meetings. I'm like, okay, this is cool. I got this. A friend of mine is an OA, and she says, hey, do you want to come to a meeting with me? I'm like, oh, I'm so good at recovery. Like, of course, sure. I go to OA. I hear everyone's story. I say, oh, yeah, this is cool. I can get down with this. I definitely identify. I got food issues, too. I remember one day my friend said to me, well, why don't you get, like, a sponsor in OA? And I was like, how dare you? I do not need a sponsor. My food issues are under control. My drone binging and purging. I, <laughs> I do not need a sponsor in OA, okay? And fortunately, I had enough recovery in other programs a few days later for me to be like, okay, you know, I kind of had a major reaction to that. Let's explore that. So I got a sponsor. We started working together. And um, what happened? Yeah, I thought, okay, great. I can do this OA thing. It's fine. So uh, I still have the same sponsor. She's really amazing. She's basically a life coach at this point. I'm sure I rely on her for <laughs> – well, not nah, I'm sure. I know I rely on her for stuff in, at a program. Anyway, she's amazing. That means – Oh, I'm done? Ten means – Oh, 10 minutes, okay. I said I could really chat, y'all, so <laughs> thank you, thank you. Okay, so 10 minutes. Wrap it up, Donnie. Okay, no, I'm on time. Sponsor, right? We're working together. Okay, so we do this big intake, and, um, you know, I remember telling her, um, I feel best when I eat paleo, you know, when there's certain large food groups that I eliminate. Um, You know, I, I want to be on the paleo diet because – I feel best when I do that. And she's like, okay, well, for now, like, let's just record your food, sort of see where you're at, and we'll go from there. At the time, I was working as a personal assistant, so I was on a movie set, right? And the morning, I'm like, yeah, I'm paleo. I'm going to eat just meats and fruits and vegetables. It's great. Well, 12 hours later on set, they bring all this vegan food in, right, because a lot of the crew was vegan. And I remember looking at the vegan food, and I'm like, hmm, It's not paleo, but it's vegan. They had sandwiches and soups and cookies. And I said, you know what? I'm not supposed to be paleo. I'm supposed to be vegan. And Beyonce said she's vegan, too. So that's definitely what I'm supposed to do. Honey, I load up all this vegan food. I eat all this vegan food. I said, oh, this is so easy. I could definitely do OA. I sent my sponsor a little message. I'm like, this is what I ate. I'm vegan now, by the way. And this is so great. Like, cheers to me. The next morning, she goes, okay. Great. So now you're vegan. I just want to, you know, maybe reflect back to you that by the morning you wanted to be paleo and by night you wanted to be vegan. What do you think about that? And I was like, dang, when left to my own devices, I really just played myself with food. So that's when I realized I do not have it under control. I surrendered. I'm like, okay, you know what? Clearly, I don't need to be in charge of my food right now. So, like, let me let you guide me through this program. So that's what I did. I really started my surrender and um started sending my uh sponsor my food every night. I told her I was still binging and purging. She said, okay, we're going to cut that out right away. And um so that's my bottom line abstinence today is no binging and no purging. And then my food plan that I follow is three meals, two optional snacks. And within that, I try to keep it – um you know, like paleo. I have my list of red light, yellow light, green light foods, which, of course, coincide with me sticking more to the, you know, paleo world. Um, you know, so what do I want to say? So I start working with my sponsor. We jump into the steps. My sponsor's also an AA. So we basically worked two rounds of steps each time. So I would go through everything in the AA, 12 and 12, the big book, and then once I did that, I would go into the OA 12 and 12, and we would work the OA version of that step. And, you know, I had a lot of life stuff I was trying to clean up from being in the alcohol and drug programs. So uh fast forward to, uh I guess, what it's like now. So I finished my 12 steps. I like to think that I'm ready to graduate now, but from what I'm hearing, the program doesn't work like that. So, my sponsor is now having me work on the traditions. So, I'm currently working on the traditions. I have a sponsee. God bless her, honey, because I don't know, you know, sponsoring is hard. I don't know what I'm doing. I hardly know what I'm doing with myself on any given day. I, I can't imagine how people have children and stuff. That's what it feels like. Anyway. um, Yeah. So, what it's like today. What it's like today is life is in session. As they say, and I'm really having to utilize the tools that I have primarily really picked up and refined while being in OA. Um, you know, so much of my recovery right now is learning how to live in the gray area. I'm really great at living in the extremes. I'm really great at like, um, you know, managing my food and um, you know, honing in on on the anorexic side of things, especially when I'm stressed. Um, or I'm really great at being on the other end of like eating whatever I want. Um, and so what that looks like for me today is I still send my sponsor my food every night. Um, everything I ate for the day. Um, you know, oh, I also want to talk about the steps too. For me, a big, some big things started changing and switching up in, uh, the fourth step and the fifth step. Especially when I got into like my sex inventory, which was chunky and messy, chunky, no pun intended, chunky and messy and like lots of people. And I really got to see how I have a lot of relationship, body image issues, insecurities, seeking validation, all of that around relationships. Um, and sex and all that. Um, what else do I want to say? A big change that really happened for me too was in step seven, character defects, realizing that I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but basically I recall it saying something in the big book. My takeaway was, you know, in step seven, once we start identifying character defects, we don't think we're the shit. We also don't think we're a piece of shit. You know, when these character defects pop up, I can say, oh, there's that thing I'm doing again. Higher power, spirit guides, God, whatever, universe, help me to remove this. And I keep it moving instead of going down the rabbit hole of, oh, I'm such an idiot. I'm doing that thing again. I deserve everything bad coming to me, which is my default a lot of times. Um, what else? Also around step seven or eight is when I started to see that, like, I had to I didn't really understand the uh, fullness of the step until I got through it and was in the next step. So I didn't really understand how beneficial step seven was until I was in step eight. I'm like, oh, snap, that makes so much more sense now, which fueled me to, like, not try to figure out the steps before I do them moving forward. Um, I also have a 10th step I send to my sponsor every day, um, and she has me follow the A-E-I-O-U format. So every day I send a recap of my day. I follow A, was I abstinent, yes or no, um, A-E, E, did I exercise? Not that I kill myself with a ton of exercise. Not that I do nothing. Did I find some sort of, you know, middle ground of healthy exercise? I, what did I do for myself? O, what did I do for others? You, what was left unresolved, unsaid? What unmet need was not met? And um, if I need to reference that, I follow page 86 in the big book where it says, when we retire at night, let us look back on our day and see where we were selfish, self-seeking, all that kind of stuff. Um, A-E-I-O-U. G, G, what am I grateful for? This 10th step has been really helpful for me at this point in my recovery because it helps me just be very present in my day. I try to, as soon as I wake up, like open my 10th step, and I just keep it like on my iPhone note and, you know, fill it in during the day. Um, I open that note first thing in the morning, and I try to just start filling in my G, what I'm grateful for. I can see, I can do this, I have a bed, you know, all that stuff. Um, Also, with my U, with my unmet need, That helps me recognize stuff in the moment during the day. So, you know, if some person, place, or thing has transpired and I feel super triggered, I'm like, oh, let me put a pin in it. That's what this program has given me, the opportunity to, like, pause when agitated, to not be so reactive. I open up my note. I put it in you. Like, okay, homegirl said this to me. I felt some type of way. I'll explore this later. In the meantime, let me not say or do something that I'm going to have to make an amends for or, you know, let me not make sure that my feelings are not going to cause me to do something to harm myself, specifically with food. Uh, so I mean, that's what, two minutes? Okay, thank you. Um. Yeah, what else do I want to say? So I'm, I'm in the middle of a lot of change right now. I just started a new job as a nurse at a treatment facility. The hours are long. I'm overwhelmed. I also moved, you know, this new job in this new place. Some of it was on my terms. Some of it was not on my terms. And there's lots of feelings and every day I'm in recovery, I continue to be shocked at feelings. Like I'm like, Oh, I don't like this thing. What is it? Uh, you know, when I spend half my day like, Oh, I'm like, Oh, right. It's a feeling. Um, and the more I learn how to feel feelings without turning to food or whatever, the more I get to see how often I've let my feelings, feelings have caused me to turn to food, if that makes sense. Um, You know, and today, right now, the biggest thing I'm encountering is, like, I'm having to remind – because I'm having so many feelings and there's so much I'm getting adjusted to, I'm having to really focus in on taking care of myself with food. So my sponsor is like, okay, you're working – now you're working overnights, 12-hour shifts. You need to make sure you're bringing lots of food and lots of snacks. And sometimes I feel crazy. I show up to the facility. They're like, oh, no, they feed us here. I'm like, nah. You know, I got my big old lunchbox, and I have to go from, like – home to home and I got I'm like oh I got to get my lunchbox I'm sure I look crazy I feel crazy but guess what honey this is what I got to do today if I got to come with my little cooler of snacks and a meal that's what I got to do because the alternative is that I'm once I pop I'm not gonna be able to stop and I don't care that's what I have to do for me today so that's my time thank you so much and I hope that made sense um Thank you. This is the time for questions only. There is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. If you asked a question last week, please wait until the first three questions have been asked before raising your hand. If you have a question, please click the raise your hand icon, and we're going to stop at 950. Okay, uh, Joy. Hi, Donnie, Thank you so very much for your share. Um, My question to you is, how did you find your healthy balance and how do you cope with stress on a day-to-day basis when you're having a rough day? Lord have mercy. Um, (laughs) Well, that's what I'm still trying to figure out. You know, I, uh, I guess for me it really is like taking it back to one day at a time, as cheesy or cliche as that may sound. Um, you know, my sponsor always says to me, every day, your job is to be abstinent, right? Eat abstinent food, stay abstinent, to do a little bit of exercise, to do a little step work, whatever it is you're currently working on. And like, that's enough. So, um, you know, there's that, but also the idea that like, I do it offering myself grace that I don't do it perfect. So since starting this job, I've noticed that like, my snacks have gotten a little bigger. My meals have gotten a little bigger. My uh quality of snack is not as good as it could be, but I mean it is what it is um and at any given moment, I try to take it one meal, one snack at a time, and okay, let me focus on the next snack, whatever, and you know, if worst comes to worst, honey, tomorrow I'm gonna try it again, you know <laughs> I just muted myself, okay, let's see, Michael. Hey, Johnny. Thank you. I love your enthusiasm and your energy for the program. So my question is kind of piggybacking off uh, of the last one. So it's, I come from a dark, dark place. And uh, sometimes I choose to go there. When you find yourself specifically going into that rabbit hole, as you, you cho- chose it, you've got great sense of humor. How do you, what tools do you use? What step do you work to get back to that joy of living that you seem to have shared with us uh, today in your? Oh, that's very nice. Thank you. Um, I think that you know I'm a pretty open book at any given moment, and so one of the biggest tools for me in this program has been outreach. I say outreach because I'm not as great at, as it. I'm not as great at it as I feel like I should be. But when I have my little circle of peeps in the programs, and for me, I belong to many programs, so it's very easy for me to reach out to them and be like, "Hey." Um, I also really reach out to my sponsor a lot. I talk to her at least every other day, if not every day. Um, I also journal. It takes me, I don't do it consistently and it takes me being in a certain, I have to be in a lot of discomfort (laughs) for me to utilize it. I wish that I would do it every day, but whatever. Um, you know, PRN as needed, I journal and, um, yeah, yeah. How do I get myself out of a dark hole? I really think that's the most beneficial, too. You know, I also love um Zumba and dance. So that's kind of like, uh, you know, I'm killing two birds with one stone. I'm getting to, like, do something I love while also getting some exercise in. Again, I also can overdo it, so that's that. Um, and also, like, going to meetings consistently, even if I find myself like, I don't want to go to a meeting. I go, I feel better, I hear exactly what I need to hear. And that's really helpful for me. Hopefully that answered your question. Hope. Hi. I'd like you to um go over again your the the tenth step you do, the A E I O U, please. Okay. Yes. So it's A E I O U. A stands for was I absent or not? I put yes or no. If there was something that like, oh, I might need to stay away from this paleo sweet treat. I'll add that in there. Um, A, E, E, did I exercise? What exercise did I do? How much? Whatever. Yada, yada. I, what did I do for myself? What self-care things did I do? What boundaries did I set? What What did I do for myself that was healthy and helpful for myself that day? Oh, what did I do for others? This one trips me up too because, you know, my sponsor said one time, oh, well, you know, you did this, you know, you're being of service at your job. I don't think that counts because I'm getting paid for it. But, you know, while I'm at my job, am I being present? Am I doing the best job I can? Maybe that counts. Oh, uh you. What was left unresolved, unset, when, uh, what unmet need was there? And if I need to reference exactly what I need to put there, I go to page 86 in the big book where it says something along the lines of, when we retire at night, let us look back on our day and see where were we self-seeking, dishonest. Um, yeah, A-E-I-O-U-G. What was I grateful for? What do I have gratitude for? And that's it. A-E-I-O-U-G. Okay, Uh, Ellie G. Hi, thank you so much, Donnie. I enjoyed your share. Um, You talked about what you did before to cope with your discomfort. You just had another addiction come up. What do you do today when discomfort comes into your life? How do you handle it? Thank you. Hmm. Well, um, you know, that's the thing I've, I've currently been seeing, like, because I'm so focused on not letting my food get out of control. And because I'm so focused on. Yeah, I'm, you know, food is the main issue at hand for me right now today in my recovery. Drugs and alcohol are really on the back burner. So I'm like, okay, I just need to pay attention to these three. But what pops up for me is, oh, I'm wanting to act out sexually. Oh, I'm wanting to spend a bunch of money. So for me, I guess it's just, I don't know. Again, I really just try to take it back to staying focused on each day and being just mindful of how I'm operating in the day. And also sort of, I don't know if this makes sense, but that's that's where my 10th step comes into play. Like if I'm feeling really emotionally triggered by something, I'm like, okay. Pause, time out. Let me be very mindful of the actions I'm about to take over this. And again, I'm, I'm always very open and transparent with my sponsor. You know, I'll text her, Hey, do you have a few minutes? Can I chat with you about something? And, um, really for me is just being transparent and open with people in my life that I can trust my sponsor, people in the program. Um, that helps me be accountable and really helps me to pay attention to the things that, um, you know, I'm starting to get off track with, if that makes sense. Um, next up, I'm sorry if I butcher your name, Mahela. Hello. You did not butcher it. That was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my question for you is this. Could you talk a little bit more about what it's like to work the steps in two different programs simultaneously? That sounded really interesting to me. You know, I can understand where looking at some of the behaviors are different, but if you start to get Uh Oh, you cut out right at the end. Oh, just how do you navigate that? Okay. Um. Thank you. Um. Okay. Yes. So, like I said earlier, my sponsor is in AA and OA. So, yeah. You know, fortunately for me, AA covered the drugs and the alcohol, and also gave me a precursor as to what I was going to be talking about in OA too. So, um, you know, I mean, we spent probably the first two years of, like, every single day me doing writing, and we met up two or three times a week, and really, God love her, she would just listen to me <laughs> for hours, just talk about everything I wrote, blah, 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 Um, You know, I felt like, for me, AA was just very helpful in in. Going back and, and cleaning house with all of the really shameful, obvious stuff that I had done wrong, if that makes sense. And by the time I got to OA, it really helped me fine tune and really get down to the more nuanced, um, specific, uh, you know, questions, especially around food. Like, what is the, oh, gosh, I should probably know this. In the AA 12 and 12, I think it's either step four or step five. It just has a list of like questions and questions. Have you ever done this? Have you ever done that? Have you ever abused an animal? That is not in the AA 12 and 12. And so when I saw those specific questions, I'm like, Oh my God. Uh, you know, yeah, I've done that. Um, so yeah, for me, it just really helped soak in and saturate the 12 steps by doing it twice because, you know, OA came from OA. I mean, OA came from AA. And I also got self-conscious. I don't know if I'm supposed to be talking about other programs outside of this, so I'm sorry if I'm breaking policy or tradition. Um, But, yes, that's how I did it. I just did it once in that program, once in this program. By the time I got to the OA, I really felt like I had a great understanding of it. And I also like that the OA 12 and 12 is, like, so practical and tangible and, like, relevant to everyday life stuff, you know? Um, I hope that answered your question. Julie. Hi, Donnie. Thanks so much. When you were working on uh, your part in things and uncovering your character defects, what came up that was a surprise to you in terms of the defect, and what do you do now when it, when, not if, when, when it comes up again? Thank you, Kara. I hate, I hate looking at my part in it. I don't like it. I like it when it's easy, Right. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, that was my part, whatever. But if it's something that's hard, I'm like, I don't want to, I I don't care what my part is. They did this. The big thing that came up for me and continues to come up for me is being honest. My sponsor is always like, oh, well, you weren't being honest. I'm like, what do you mean? I was being honest, whatever. She was like, no, you didn't set a boundary. You weren't honest about your feelings. You weren't whatever. Um, And that is your part. Um, And that comes up in a in broad spectrum examples of my life um yeah what's another one that comes up um that seems to be the biggest one for me that has come up in different ways is like honesty you know and 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 boundaries you know well they did this that and they said this and that well had i been honest about what i wanted or had i set a boundary sooner we wouldn't have gotten to be in this situation. So yes, whatever they did X Y Z. But my part is, had I done this way back in the day, we wouldn't be here right now. So it is what it is. Um, I'm starting to get I'm starting to sweat right in between my chest. It's these questions, y'all, who <sighs> um, are good. I don't mean to discourage you. They're great questions. Um, so I hope that answer made sense. I think, was that, that was Kira that asked me that, right? No, that wasn't. Okay, so we have Kira now. Hey, thank you. Um, similar to the, to an earlier question, but, um, how was getting abstinent, um, similar or different from getting sober from drugs and alcohol? Thank you for your question. It was harder. I was, it, it wasn't hard for me to see that crystal meth was messing up my life. <laughs> um, it wasn't hard for me to see like, oh yeah, alcohol and drugs have really caused a problem. Food, I did not want to admit was as big of a problem as it was. Um, and also for me, food is such a nuanced, uh, fluid, ever-changing and evolving thing. Drugs and alcohol, don't do the drugs and alcohol, you're fine, you're clean, you're sober, whatever. Food, abstinence is nuanced and can change for me, you know, especially for me, someone who's at either end of the spectrum. Today, you know, one day, um, the behaviors around food have to be more focused on, am I eating too little? Am I stressed out and I'm so concerned about gaining weight that I'm trying to micromanage my food and eat smaller portions, does it look like, oh, the other end of the spectrum, oh, I'm feeling stressed? Like, and that's the thing for me. The same emotion can cause two completely different reactions in OA, right? So, oh, am I trying to micromanage and make my food smaller and get extra skinny? Or the next day, oh, am I now eating this extra yellow light food that I shouldn't be eating, but I don't want to not eat it, so I'm going to eat it, you know, Um that's the biggest difference for me is that it's something in O A that I feel like I have to constantly pay attention to and constantly be mindful of. Whereas drugs and alcohol, I'm like, okay, whatever, just don't do it. But honey, this food thing, whoo, um, Victoria, two minutes. Okay. Two minutes. Uh, thank you, Donnie. Um, can you tell me your relationship before and after to your scale? Oh, so funny. I'm glad you asked this. Um, my in January, my sponsor said, okay, we need to start getting an idea of how much you're weighing. So I want you to weigh yourself once a month, no more than that once a month. So I weigh myself once a month on the first or the second. And um, this is something I have to be mindful of because I was eating a lot of yellow light foods. and My sponsor was bringing it to my attention. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to have to give up these yellow light foods that I don't want to give up. Well, honey. I stepped on the scale in January, and I weighed less than I thought I was. So I was like, ooh-hoo. Then February, same thing. March, same thing. April, I'm the lowest I've been since ever being in OA. And two thoughts came to my mind. What's the one thought? Oh, perfect. I need to keep – I need to get skinny. I keep getting skinny because I get high off of being skinny, and I need to keep losing weight. The other thought was – perfect now i get to eat more yellow light foods because i'm skinnier again for me that's a perfect very tangible current example of how i have to be so mindful and cognizant of my relationship with food and you know not letting a number on the scale then make me want to change everything i'm doing and change course with my with my food stuff so yes um do we have time for one more You have one minute, so yeah, go ahead. Okay, one minute. Marcy? Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Um, Hi, thanks for your share. I was hoping you could share a little bit about your spiritual experience working with Seth. Spiritual experience. Thanks for asking this. I, you know, in the beginning, I came from a very, like, small town, southern Baptist, you know, God, hallelujah, you know. I, I turned to that because it was very familiar for me. But over time, what I'm realizing is I have a lot of trauma around God, organized religion, being gay, you know. So, oh, God, it's so funny because I prayed this morning. I'm like, please, someone else was to say. Um, so now it has uh, transformed more into being more generalized with, like, a higher power. So now I'm like, uh, God, the universe, spirit guides, dead ancestors, dead family members, whoever's listening, please help me out and, like, Give me a little roadmap of what I'm supposed to be saying and doing. So, um, you know, I try to take what I want and leave the rest with the God spiritual stuff. And I try to pray every morning. As soon as I wake up, I'm like, God, just help me. Whatever it is, help me. And then I try to meditate at least for a couple minutes every morning. I do it very imperfectly, but that's my goal every day. I was like trying to fit in my answer in a minute. Okay, I think I'm done.